always, and in today's show, I'll be recapping a wild free agency as well as the offseason and trade news that we missed since the last time I recorded an episode, which was a long time ago, and I do apologize for that. I've been extremely busy over these last few weeks, and so I know I've missed a couple of episode dates, but now we're going to be getting back on track. I'll go over the upcoming schedule in a moment for the podcast. We're not missing anything that we're planning on doing. I just was, I guess, condensing some of the episodes into others that it be we'd be still be able to get everything in. We got weekly episodes coming up all the way until the draft. It's been a while for sure. And we talked about a lot on that last show with Herms. So I'd recommend you check it out as well. But the stuff we missed is what we'll be talking about on here. And it's going to be a lot of stuff, lots of trades, lots of free agency stuff happening. Maybe one of the wildest NFL off seasons ever. It's been insane. And so we'll get to all that in a moment, but First, let's talk about the upcoming schedule. So, of course, this one's coming out on a Wednesday. Weird date, I know, but I was able to get it out today. On Monday, I will have the Dynasty Superflex mock draft that I had promised on a future episode. That'll just be the Monday episode. Then the Monday after that, April 11th, we'll just have the most polarizing players for 2022 episode that was scheduled. Hopefully, I'll be able to get a guest on for that. We'll see. And then for April 18th and April 25th, we'll have the rookie previews. We'll condense quarterbacks and running backs into one and then wide receivers and tight ends into one. No need to stretch. I I felt like there wasn't as much of a need to stretch out each position into its own full episode. So we'll just chill with that. And after the draft, getting back to normal schedule, like with the draft reactions and all of that and stuff like that. And so... Um, I've had like a ton of homework and stuff lately, and I've been really busy with school. But another reason is because I've also been devoting a lot of time to other like projects as well. And so if you want to find out like what I've been doing lately in, I guess, the sports community, I've been doing a lot of college basketball stuff on the app, an app called Colorcast. If you listen to any of my last few episodes, I might have plugged it before if you follow me on Twitter, but you should go download that. Follow me at CalvinSGF on the app. I've been doing a lot of college basketball on there since March Madness is going on. After that's done, it'll probably transition back to a lot of football stuff for me. I just like to do various sports on there. I host a show called College Basketball Weekly every Monday on there. Um, That's been updating my Twitter bio and stuff. And um, I also have been doing like game broadcasts and stuff like that. But maybe I think that what's interesting is because that app is a lot of fun and it's like I can um, eventually I think they'll have the ability to like record casts too as well. But what I might do is do like live episodes on there that are also recorded and published of this show. And maybe we can get like live fantasy questions or something like that. That might be fun. It's something to explore. So keep an eye out for that for sure. But let's get to some fantasy talk. We've got free agency discussion like crazy. I'm just going to run through it team by team because that's kind of the easiest way to do it, but it's been insane. So honestly, um, let's get into it. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF on Colorcast. I'm at Calvin SGF. Uh, Check out College Basketball Weekly for sure. Um, Excuse me. And check out any of my game broadcasts that you have um, that are coming up. And I usually schedule those on there. Also planning on doing like a Masters live stream for the Masters Golf Tournament on Sunday, April 10th. Should be a lot of fun as well. So let's hop into free agency discussion. Here we go. All 32 teams. Let's get into it. The first team, some of these teams we're kind of going to skip over because there wasn't much from them. And one of those teams is the first one we have on here, the Bills. They picked up Jamison Crowder. He's going to be a nice slot option. And I think that may end up being a slight impediment to guys like Gabriel Davis's value. But overall, it kind of just gives Josh Allen another target. 
um, and which is helpful. They re-signed Isaiah McKenzie, but this wide receiver room, they'll have a few more guys that are getting work underneath and maybe Gabriel Davis's target share. It gets a little inconsistent because of that. So let's move on to the next team, the Miami Dolphins. They picked up Raheem Mostert at running back and man, and Chase Edmonds at running back. And this backfield now with Gaskin, Edmonds, and Mostert is really crowded. But what's funny is that I've always been like kind of a Chase Edmonds non-believer and a Raheem Mostert believer. And now they're on the same team. And I want to say that Raheem Mostert is going to be the lead back because I believe in his talent. And honestly, he might be. That's something to definitely look into. But they're all going to have different roles probably on this team. I think Mostert is going to be the explosive electric kind of guy. Possibly a change of pace. I really hope they use him as a starter. Gaskin, maybe just the between the tackles. And then Edmonds, the third down slash pass catcher kind of guy. Got a lot of options here. It's good for the team, but not as much for fantasy. I don't think anybody in this backfield is going to be able to sustain like top 24 value next year, most likely, unless we see like a drastic um surge from somebody and i think if anyone takes over this backfield it's raheem mostert i'm bona fide raheem mostert truther i believe it i love his speed he's fantastic let's talk about the major news on this team and mike kosicki re-signed the franchise tag he'll probably just be inconsistent type of tight end one kind of guy for sure but tyreek hill this came out of nowhere tyreek hill was acquired from the chiefs not because like there was any problems over there, but just because the Chiefs weren't able to pay him at one point during the contract negotiations. Like they already paying Mahomes forty five million a year, they just didn't have enough for Tyree Kill. They acquired the Dolphins acquired him in exchange for twenty twenty two first, twenty twenty two second, and twenty twenty two fourth round pick, and a twenty twenty three fourth and a twenty twenty three sixth round pick. Hill also signed a four year one hundred twenty million dollar extension that made him the highest paid player in the league. Wow, that's insane. That's a lot of stuff right there, and. The first reaction I have is that if Tua Tagovailoa does not work out this year, he should be done. They're putting him in every possible situation to succeed right now on this Dolphins team. I mean, I guess they picked up Teddy Bridgewater as a backup quarterback too. That's interesting if we'll ever see him. But Tua had better play like a franchise guy this year or else it's time to move on. I'm not a big Tua believer, so I'm just a little like not happy about the situation for Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is going to be a wide receiver one. I don't want to doubt that. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's more of a back-end kind of territory thing just because Tua doesn't have the arm that Mahomes has, and that's that's obvious. But just, I don't, again, Tua's been very inconsistent. Like, he's shown some flashes, but at some point, we're a couple of years in, all we've really seen are flashes, not a consistent guy that can take a team into the playoffs. It's just not enough for me to really believe in this Dolphins offense as a whole. I think it's going to be pretty good, and Tyreek Hill's going to have a great year, but Tyreek Hill's value takes a hit for sure. So, interestingly, the Chiefs, who we're going to get to later, I'll, I guess I'll talk about the departure of Hill then as well for the Chiefs side of things, because I have some thoughts on that as well. And that's going to be a lot of fun. And if you've kept up with who the Chiefs are signing, you might know who, what my thoughts are going to be. And it's going to be so much fun. Patriots didn't do much on offense. They never do, really. Um, for the Jets, same sort of thing. They got Tyler Conklin at tight end, maybe something to watch out for, for a few receptions, but Zach Wilson didn't seem to target the tight end much in his rookie year. I think we're good there. AFC North, the Ravens really did nothing. The Bengals, they did do stuff. It wasn't much for fantasy. Like they did pick up Hayden Hurst. I don't think that's going to be much, but they picked up Leo Collins, Alex Kappa and Ted Karras all on the offensive line. Finally, the Bengals are stacking their offensive line and they're going to be able to protect Joe Burrow a lot better. So I don't know if this is actually that great for fantasy, though, because I know Joe Burrow takes a lot of sacks. But at the same time, when you're in third and 15, that just gives a lot more opportunities for like deep balls to Jamar Chase, where you're kind of opening that up almost. So it's kind of like a reverse little thing to where 
I don't know if we're going to see a ton of change in Joe Burrow's fantasy value. I mean, they'll be able to run more positive plays, but maybe there won't be as many like yards per play as they averaged last year. We'll, we'll see. It's an interesting thing. I don't think it changes much other than just making the offense as a whole better in terms of scoring points. Let's talk Browns. The Cleveland Browns are establishing themselves as potentially a Super Bowl contender next year. This team still has Baker Mayfield on the roster because the Texans didn't want him. But Deshaun Watson finally got traded to the Browns along with a 2024 sixth round pick in exchange for three firsts, a third, and two fourths. Watson will receive a fully guaranteed five-year, $230 million contract from Cleveland. That's more money than Patrick Mahomes got. But guess what? He's not the highest paid player in the league because Aaron Rodgers got three years and $150 million. And we kind of talked about that on the last show. We didn't know whether officially he had signed yet or not. Now he has. It's $50 million a year. It's insanity. He's the highest paid player in the league. And Deshaun Watson's now number two. And Amari Cooper was acquired for nothing because of his terrible contract, but it was basically like a 2022 fifth and a swap of sixth rounders. So like nothing at all. And now Deshaun Watson's got like a nice weapon in Amari Cooper. I think originally the reaction to the Cooper trade was that this was pretty good for Baker Mayfield. Maybe not so much for Amari Cooper. I was liking it though, because like, I think I talked about this. I'm trying to remember. We may have talked about this on the last episode with Herms. I think I did. I kind of said that. I feel like Amari Cooper is more like a Jarvis Landry than an Odell Beckham Jr. in terms of archetype. And that was the type of receiver that Baker Mayfield seemed to favor. But now with Deshaun Watson, any receiver is really going to be just insane. Amari Cooper could push wide receiver one territory. I don't love his upside because he's not like a red zone machine or a deep ball machine, but he's going to be there. I think he's just going to be like a prime Brandon Cooks kind of player where he's like approaching top 12 value. And Brandon Cooks kind of does that every year anyway, but like prime Saints Brandon Cooks where he was like doing that with Drew Brees. Like, that's what I feel like we're going to see with Amari Cooper. Um, Other than that, they picked up David Njoku, not too much there. Uh, Steelers didn't do a ton. The Texans, of course, traded Deshaun Watson. They don't have a QB right now, unless you count Jeff Driscoll and Kyle Allen. That's really all they did at the position. Not much there yet. The Colts didn't change much other than, like, they traded away Carson. I mean, I shouldn't say they didn't change much because it's important for real life. Maybe not so much, though, for fantasy. Because what we saw is they traded away Carson Wentz and picked up Matt Ryan in return from the Falcons. And Mo Cox as well signed a three-year $18 million contract. He's probably going to be that, like, two-touchdown random score guy a couple times a year, but not too reliable. But then again, I mean, we could see Matt Ryan throw to the tight end. We'll see. I mean, but then again, we just picked, they just picked up the point is Super Bowl appearer, passing yard extraordinaire, Matt Ryan. And he's now behind a really good offensive line with solid playmakers. This is going to be a better situation for him than Atlanta. Ryan was professing you don't want to do a lot like what Matthew Stafford did in LA, like, because of course he did. Matt Ryan's not as good as Matthew Stafford at this point in their careers. Is he an upgrade from Carson Wentz? I don't know. But the Colts, I mean, actually, I shouldn't say I don't know. He is he upgrade from Carson Wentz? Yes because he's a better decision maker and because he's got veteran savvy more than Carson Wentz does. But they also, the Colts also paid less for Matt Ryan than they did to trade away Carson Wentz. So they kind of got a good deal. And yeah, so we're going to find out who, of course, Carson Wentz got traded away too. But I don't think this changes a ton for Michael Pittman. Like Matt Ryan's arm isn't like amazing in that point in his career, but he'll make good decisions. And I don't think Michael Pittman's going to be like limited too much because Matt Ryan was still able to get fantasy value to guys like Calvin Ridley when he was in Atlanta. So, and by the way, guys, if you've been living under like a rock and haven't heard NFL news, this is all sounding, I'm sure this sounds insane and we're not even close to done. So 
and, and he, we're not even close to done. And I'm not even going to touch on some of the stuff that I talked about on the previous episodes. So you have to go like there to find out what it was if I missed something. But um, I mean, I didn't, I not if I missed something, but if I had like talked about it on the previous show for the Jaguars, they picked up Brandon Sheriff on the offensive line and tagged Cam Robinson. So this old line they're building from there and doing pretty well. Interestingly, they re-signed Laquan Treadwell. I mean, you know, whatever, but they overpaid Christian Kirk. And I'm going to say overpaid because Christian Kirk got a four-year, $84 million deal, $21 million a year. My goodness. Like, can we relax? Christian Kirk is a good receiver, but he is not a $21 million receiver. That is insanity. And I guess they're saying base value of $18 million a year, actually. That's just the max value with incentives. So we'll even call it 18 million. Let's look at the guys who are paid higher than Christian Kirk. Devontae Adams, who we'll talk about in a bit. And guys, yeah, if you've been living under a rock, this is going to be insane. Tyree Kill, Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, Keenan Allen. That's it. Christian Kirk has paid as much as Kenny Galladay and Stephon Diggs. He's paid more than Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, who also just re-signed. Or actually, no, this, oh, I'm not looking at per year. I'm actually so stupid. That's fun. Okay, well, anyway, per year guys who are higher, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Moore, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, Michael Thomas. Christian Kirk, still the same per year as Galladay, still more than Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton, Robbie Anderson, and Stephon Diggs. That's my point I was trying to make there. And uh, I mean, it shows the wide receiver markets inflated a lot, but that's still a big overpay for Christian Kirk, who's a good receiver, but he's not a number one. And he hasn't been a number one like ever. He was, I mean, he was pretty good in flashes there with Kyler Murray last year, but it was really only three games. We haven't seen that with a full season. And Trevor Lawrence has really not developed to be anywhere close to where Kyler Murray is as of yet. So it's, I I don't love his value. He's going to have opportunity. Maybe he sneaks, maybe he gets in the top 24. It's going to be interesting to find out where he is next year. The Titans, this one kind of fell under the radar. They picked up Robert Woods and traded a sixth round pick. That's a good trade for them, especially like, I think, I believe they cut Julio Jones as well. Um, And yeah, they did cut Julio Jones and picked up Robert Woods. So now Robert Woods is going to play with AJ Brown and it's going to be nice because I think AJ Brown and Julio Jones are a very similar type of receiver. Ryan Tannehill didn't like target Julio Jones a ton. I think Robert Woods is better for this offense. He'll produce along with AJB and it'll just be kind of a three-headed monster with them and Derrick Henry over there. I don't expect anyone else to have any fantasy value now with Woods commanding the underneath targets. So Woods will be a nice safe, safe option like usual. Going on to the AFC West. Oh boy. It's the Broncos. It's the Broncos trading for Russell Wilson. And I do want, I did, we did talk about that last week. So I think you should go check that out. And I guess the news that we did talk about last week, if you want to go check it out, was with uh, Herms. And that was a really fun episode. It was Russell Wilson news, Aaron Rodgers re-signing news, Calvin Ridley suspended news, Adams franchise tag news, but that was before the trade. So that's kind of irrelevant now. Gesicki and Schultz getting tagged. Mike Williams being extended. Amari Cooper being traded. Deshaun Watson not facing criminal charges. That was before he got traded. And then the Colts trading Carson Wentz. So we kind of already went over those. I will skip over those in this one. If you want to hear about those, go to the last episode in the interest of this one not being like insanely crazy long. So going back to it, we already did talk about the Russell Wilson trade. We'll move on to the Chiefs. Here we go. The Chiefs, I teased it. Juju Smith-Schuster signed a one-year deal with a max value of $10.7 million, $10.75 million with incentives. And so 
Once again, the market falls flat on Juju because I want to talk about how Juju's max value was 10.75 million and Christian Kirk's was 21 million. That should tell you that Juju isn't that great of a receiver. Like I've been saying, at least as a number one receiver. But hey, he went to the Chiefs. And when I first heard that, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to be off the Juju hate train. Like, I really think that with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill in this offense, Juju Smith-Schuster will be a good option. <laughs> Guess who's gone? Guess who's gone? Tyreek Hill. Guess who will command? Yes, Ty- Kelsey will command double teams over the middle, of course. But you're asking Juju to be a wide receiver one out of where? Outside the slot. He's not good on the outside. He's not good as an alpha. In the slot, sure. But every team will send their linebackers up to guard him. They will have be shadowing him at all times. And I mean, it's hard, harder to do with like a slot receiver, but who's there on the outside? They don't have anybody. They re-signed, they signed Marcus Valdez Scantling, who, by the way, they paid Marcus Valdez Scantling more money than Juju. Guys, guys, let's get our heads out of the sand. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be so overrated for fantasy next year. Not because he's not bad at what he does. He's good at what he does. A short yardage type of receiver. But guys, a short yardage receiver is the wide receiver one in Patrick Mahomes' offense who plays near the line and can't play outside as an alpha. That's not happening. It's not. And that's why they gave him one-year deal and barely paid him anything. So I'm glad to see that like he's not particularly high. He's actually like the wide receiver 35 on Fantasy Pros. I am pleased to see that. But there are people that I'm seeing, like these rankings, I don't know, are very, they're not very established as of yet. Like they, I'm seeing uh, as high as like number 18. Guys, stop it. Stop it. I, it, it just, I know it's the Chiefs offense, but come on. It's just, he's, okay. This is going to be the me- biggest bet on Juju's talent we've ever seen because of the fact that he's with Mahomes. But like, and it's honestly tempting for me when I think about it to be like, oh, let's put him up there. But I think I, in the end, Mahomes is going to give him the ball some, but it's not going to be something amazing. Is He's got to get open to get catches and he'll get open five yards down the field. So are you asking me like, I mean, there's um, plenty of other, it's going to, we're going to have to fully see how this free agency and draft shakes out before I decide where I'm ranking him. I have a feeling he's probably going to inflate from that price too. But why, I mean, wide receiver 35 seems quite reasonable for him, but you know, we're seeing people on the Juju fade trend. And I do feel like that's also outdated because I'm seeing like as low as 58. No one in their right mind is actually ranking Juju as wide receiver 58. So I feel like that's not fully updated yet just because we haven't seen everything done with free agency. So we'll see how that goes, but back to Juju hate season. And by the way, Travis Kelsey, if you're asking who's going to be the wide receiver one in that offense, it's Travis Kelsey. And who's going to be the deep ball guy? Marcus Valdez-Scantling is going to drop some passes, but Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to be that guy. And so, yeah, that's all there is to it. Raiders! Look at the Raiders! Oh, and I'm sorry, the um, Raiders did not sign, or the Chiefs did not re-sign to Marcus Robinson. I thought they did. I thought I saw that report. I was like, wow, nice investment there. They signed Marcus Valdez-Scantling, actually. The Raiders signed to Marcus Robinson. The Raiders also acquired Devontae Adams in a trade with the Packers in exchange for a first and second round pick. Adams uh, expected to sign like a $28 million deal per year with the Raiders. This makes Derek Carr really, really good. And I saw this pointed out, like Hutchinson Brown pointed out on Twitter. We've had him on the show a few times. Derek Carr is currently ranked the QB 16 on Fantasy Pros. And again, I don't want to like take too much stock in these rankings right now because it's still free agency and stuff. And like maybe people haven't fully checked yet. But how is Derek Carr not a top 12 quarterback next year 
with Devonte Adams. Like maybe he, you don't draft him there because he's not like doesn't have too much of a ceiling. But we shouldn't forget that Derek Carr does have like a heck of an arm. I think Derek Carr will definitely finish up as a top twelve quarterback. Now with Aaron Rodgers not having Devonte Adams and Derek Carr having Devonte Adams. It sounds crazy to say, and I think Aaron Rodgers is still going to be crazy productive, but Derek Carr can definitely be up in that Aaron Rodgers tier next year. Now with Devontae Adams, who's one of the best wide receivers in the league. So keep an eye on that for sure. I think Adams is going to be a solid wide receiver one. This ends his days as wide receiver one overall, probably, but top three, not out of the question, I don't think. So we'll see what happens there. The Chargers re-signed Mike Williams, paid him $20 million a year. That's a heck of a lot for a wide receiver two. Um, but you know what? He's pretty good when he's on the field. He was a little inconsistent over the back half of the year. I think he's just going to be an inconsistent guy who will have those blow up games, but sometimes like he's not a necessary, necessary, a super necessary part of the offense in every game. So sometimes you won't see him much. They just picked up Gerald Everett as well. I think the Jared cook days are over as Gerald Everett's now going to catch some passes at tight end. Let's move to the NFC. The Cowboys traded away Amari Cooper signed Michael Gallup to a big deal. Um, they actually like didn't pay him a ton of money. So he's like, that was a solid deal for them. But I feel like we saw how much less productive Dak Prescott was this year when one of his top three receivers was injured. This isn't very helpful for them as a football team. And I think we already talked about this on the like show where we talked about trading Cooper looked like they were going to extend Gallup, but overall Dak Prescott takes a slight hit. I think the Cowboys offense does as well, but maybe Zeke gets more carries now that he's fully healthy next year. The giants really did nothing. They signed Tyrod Taylor. So maybe Daniel Jones is going to get benched, but other than that, no, nothing really for the Eagles. The commanders traded for Carson Wentz. We talked about that on last week's show or a couple weeks ago show. Also signed J.D. McKissick. That's just going to continue to be frustrating for Antonio Gibson managers because McKissick's not really that reliable as a week-to-week starter, especially I think Gibson. I think I keep saying this like over and over, but I think this is the year <clears throat> where Antonio Gibson gets boosted a little bit in his pass catching abilities. McKissick's still good though. He'll be involved. He almost signed with the bills. Like he basically did. It was reported. And then it reported that he backed out in the end. Uh, the bears, <clears throat> they lost Allen Robinson. They got to get somebody in the draft because I don't think just Darnell Mooney is supporting this offense, even with Justin Fields. Although I really like Darnell Mooney's talent. And I think he's going to be up there probably like he's going to be up a, a solid spot for next year for sure. Uh, the Lions, they signed DJ Chark. This is interesting. And in general, with Hawkinson coming back and with or Swift coming back and all of that, Amon Ross St. Brown's production might be interesting. I want to say, like, as long as Jared Goff's still around there, I feel like Amon Ross St. Brown will still be the wide receiver one in that offense. Maybe if they had a new guy, maybe not. But I still feel like he's the most talented guy there. I mean, DJ Chark's pretty good too, but I, and he's going to challenge a lot. So it's going to hurt St. Brown's value. But I still think he could, he's very capable of being the wide receiver one there. Packers re-signed Rodgers. They picked up Lazard on a restricted free agent tender. Got Robert Tunyon back. So Rodgers gets some of his weapons. Probably throw to them a little bit more without Devontae Adams. But the Packers desperately need to draft a receiver, maybe with one of those new picks they just got because they couldn't pay Adams. The Vikings re-signed Kirk Cousins to a one-year, $35 million fully guaranteed extension. So maybe this signals that the Vikings have confidence in Kirk and just wanted to get the coaching staff and Zimmer out of there. Now you got just, I mean, you still got Justin Jefferson. You still got Adam Thielen. You still got Dalvin Cook. You still got options. And they did some stuff on defense. That's what it seems like they're going all in on for next year. Nothing much changes there. The Falcons signed Marcus Mariota. They didn't pay him that much, but the Falcons have nobody around without Matt Ryan. And so that seems like, 
Marcus Mariota will have a shot to start week one, which is going to be weird. I don't expect much. I expect a lot of dump offs to Cordero Patterson or Cordero Patterson, who they just resigned as well. And then they picked up like Auden Tate, who's now like the best receiver on their team, because I also talked about it last week with Herms, but like the Falcons have nobody on that offense at all. It's like, it's really funny. They have no weapons. The Panthers, they re-signed DJ Moore, probably same old, same old quarterback limiting. I can't believe Aaron Donald, not Aaron Donald, same Sam Darnold is still the favorite to start for 2022, but that's what like the GM or somebody said. Saints re-signed Jameis Winston, not much changing there. They're still in salary cap, like purgatory, and they don't really have anywhere they can go. And okay, here we go. The, honestly, like maybe we just go back to this. Let's go start. Let's go. Actually, you know what? We're going in order. Not stupid. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady's no longer retired. This news came out Sunday night before the show was releasing and that's really the main reason i feel bad about releasing the show so late because like we're you're getting this news i know 17 days after it actually happened and by the time the show with herms came out like it was already out too same with the cousin stuff but brady's back which means this offense is rocking they got leonard fournette they just picked up shaq mason in a trade signed chris godwin to a new deal and guess what let's crowd up this wide receiver room even more welcome russell gage who I mean, don't keep in mind Antonio Brown's gone. So I feel like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin will still function as the one, two here. Russell Gage may be like an Antonio Brown type, but to a lesser degree, because he's not as good, obviously. But overall, you know, this offense looking real similar. I think we're going to see a lot of same stuff from the Bucks. But man, Tom Brady to go is back again. Uh, AFC, NFC West, Cardinals picked up James Conner. Probably going to be a little overrated next year. I mean, actually, I, I feel like, possibly not it like it all depends on what happens if the Cardinals don't add another running back I feel like James Conner could still be nice in the red zone but I still think he's due for touchdown regression either way and if they add another guy like to be a pass catcher that really sinks Conner's value a lot because even Chase Edmonds kind of sunk it a lot last year when he was in Zach Ertz signed a big deal like over 10 million dollars a year so they clearly want to use him he's gonna like he was putting up production at times last year. I want to pull up his stat line because I feel like he had a few games where he was actually like pretty good. He put up 574 yards and three touchdowns with the Cardinals. That's solid. He'll probably be around like back in tight end one kind of territory, just like later round draft pick kind of guy. You can take a shot on. I don't mind it. The Rams signed Matthew Stafford to a massive extension. Three years, 129 million. That's huge. Allen Robinson as well is headed to the Rams. I don't know what's going on with Odell Beckham because with his like injury, um, I, I know he's like not expected to be back for like the start of the year, but they did, I guess, uh, I guess they did sign him. Or did they sign him back in February? Like I never even hear anything about that. Um, no, they did not. Yeah. So I guess they, uh, they have not signed or never mind. They haven't signed him yet. So that's still sitting out there and the Rams traded Robert Woods, but now they have, Allen Robinson to go along with Cooper cup. And that's pretty scary. Robinson's a possession receiver downfield. I don't love that because I feel like Matthew Stafford's still going to hyper target Cooper cup. And also Matthew Stafford, isn't the best like deep ball guy. He's a bit inconsistent. So I don't love Allen Robinson for a bounce back this year, but who knows? He always seems to do it when people aren't expecting it anyway, just a couple teams left here. 49ers signed a couple of their RBs, Michael hasty and Jeff Wilson. That's going to be a fun backfield. Once again, to follow fun in quotes but you know what i'm all in on elijah mitchell now that his uh competitor raheem mostert is gone so that's fine with me 
um, as long as Kyle Shanahan doesn't change up again, which is very possible. The Seahawks, guys, they got Drew Locke. Amazing. Also, congrats to Rashad Penny for earning himself kind of a payday. Uh, that's a weird backfield. I think we might have seen the end of productive Chris Carson. Maybe the Seahawks are realizing they're leaning away and he, they just use him a little too much. Or maybe they'll just run him into the ground until he gets hurt again, which would be kind of cruel. They also picked up Noah Fant. So Drew Locke still gets to throw to Noah Fant. But the Seahawks may be a candidate to add like a Malik Willis in the draft. That's just something to keep an eye on more than to make a definitive statement on at this point. And with that, we wrap up the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to three agency, free agency discussion. That's all the 32 teams right there. Keep an eye out for that Superflex mock draft Monday, then the polarizing players, then the rookie previews should all be a lot of fun. Dynasty Superflex mock draft on Monday should be a pretty chill show for sure. I'm very excited for that. That was all the free agency stuff we missed. And that was a ton wild and wonderful stuff coming your way. And after the draft, we're going to just have so much, even more time to uh, talk about it as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Follow me on Twitter links in bio or in the description and all of that. I'll see you next time.